Welcome to Olives and Pimentos podcast. I got Mr. Al Nolan on the pod. And what are, what are you associated with? Good morning. My name is Al. I sing in a band uh, called the Almighty Trigger Happy, also known as ATH. And I run a independent record label here in Toronto called Curse Blessings Records. That's wicked. That's some, uh, some good sound. Um, so how did the Almighty Trigger Happy start? Um, it started uh, about 30 years ago um, in a town called uh, Pickering, Ontario, where it was uh, the ashes of a band called Kingpin, Yes, which were the ashes of a band called Missing Link, um, a hardcore band from Toronto slash Pickering. Um, they were friends of mine uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, I roadied for them. I watched them play with uh, big bag bands at the time like Dag Nasty, um, all who uh, went, went back to being the Descendants and uh, other like government issue and other hardcore bands. And I kind of, I've always wanted to be in a band since I saw uh, Kiss on uh, the Paul Lynn Halloween special yeah. in uh, the, the fall of 1976, I think. Um, that was always been my dream was to be in a band. And uh, watching my friends be in a band was uh, just as exciting and as frustrating um, as a teenager would have it. And then finally, um, uh, their band unfortunately just imploded. Hardcore was changing. It was becoming once uh, like there's an interesting thing in hardcore. Once you start out as a teenager, you want to burn everything down. Yeah. And then um, when you you get some some ability and some talent and you get some experience, and, and sadly maturity does kind of quash the fun and destruction of things. Um, so by the time you're uh, you get established, you, you you want to be treated like a musician. So a lot of hardcore bands or punk bands in the mid '80s. Uh, by the time it got to around 88 or 89, they wanted to be called musicians. And then this uh, uh, heavy metal kind of got popular, and then this grunge thing started. So a, a lot of like, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know if you uh, separate your music, sometimes not only genre, but uh, cities, like geographical locations. Like, I don't know if you've ever picked up that like a lot of bands, if they're from a certain town, will sound a certain way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I just found that... Um, uh, punk rock kind of went uh, that horrible word alternative. And, yeah, I don't like that word either. Eh? <laughs> and then it got kind of uh, it got kind of psychedelic, but like rock and roll just rehashes and reinvents itself, or just re- reappears in a certain way every thirty years. I've noticed there's always some kind of revival or something. But um, uh, not to go off track. So that's cool. When, when Kingpin uh, King, uh, Missing Links stops just because they. They couldn't figure out where they were going, in my opinion. They just didn't know where it was, and, you know, uh, hardcore bands were getting signed to major labels. That was a uh, weird time, eh? It was a very strange one, because, yeah. like, of all bands that didn't get signed, like, it was bands like All, um, but, like, see, even, like, when they like, a lot of punk bands get popular once they break up, like, uh, as we all know, and that's yeah. why they get back together. Like, I've seen more of my favorite bands from when I was a teenager. I've seen them in my 50s more than I saw them when they were active in, as a teenager. Yeah, like, I when, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I've seen The Descendants more times in my lifetime right now than I was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When they were together in the 80s. Yeah, and, then, and even 90s, too. Like, yeah. So we, we basically wanted to be uh, the bands that we did, weren't seeing anymore. You know, so we... we Myself and this, my good friend named Mark Holman, uh, we used to call him Moby, uh, before the other gentleman in New York, um, we, yeah. we just, we listened to, we listened to a lot of stuff, uh, like that's the one good thing about 
I guess everybody is. Everybody listens to everything now, but yeah. back then you, you kind of had to hide your, uh, your your guilty pleasure. So we listened to a lot of Black Flag. We listened to a lot of Van Halen. Uh, Van Halen's fucking wicked, dude. Like for anyone that doesn't think like Van Halen is fucking talented, they're fucking mental. Well, you got to remember in the '80s, it was you know Van Halen just wasn't music. Van Halen was a lifestyle. Mm. Like it was, it was a guy that quite possibly was going to beat the shit out of you in high school, or a guy that was going to beat you up in a parking lot. Yeah, and tell you tell you your music sucks when you know like you you like his music. So why does why does your music suck? I used to call Uh, I call him Van Whalen. Yeah. But um, so we li- and I listen to a lot of Max Webster. Like Max Webster, Tim Mitchell is still one of my most favorite Canadian musicians. Yeah. Uh, so I looked at a lot of that stuff. But we wanted to be the band. We wanted to make the band that we were. Uh, we wanted to be uh, wanted to be fans of. And then also a lot of bands around here in Toronto, they were just stopping. Like they were just burning out. A lot of people were dying. There wasn't really much of a punk scene left. Like the summer of '86 and '87 was probably like the peak for punk rock here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like bands like uh, MSI stopped you know bands yep. punk rock bands around here started bringing in mandolins it's like get the fuck out of here come on like, yeah. like so everybody everybody wanted to be REM or Detroitin where I wanted <laughs> I, I wanted to be Black Flag yeah. like I wanted more SSD I wanted like American hardcore kind of sounds and then there was Western Canadian hardcore back then that sounded amazing like bands like Stretch Marks and Personality Crisis yeah Stretch Marks like, were and, fucking cool and just like a lot of like, like you just had to do the work to to find these bands or have somebody that was cool enough to tip you off to them yeah. so but when when we started like I said there's there's always going to be an underground scene that doesn't want to have anything to do with you yeah. You know, and, and when I say you, I mean just everybody. So, uh, so there always was a hardcore scene in Toronto. It just kind of went more underground. And then when we started playing around uh, 1990, um, there was there, there there wasn't really music business was just starting to happen. Like it always was happening, but music business was just starting to happen in Toronto. Like independent, alternative kind of music where bands weren't getting bands weren't getting signed to record labels they were getting publishing deals which is even weirder like uh, a couple of guys I knew in a band called Monster Voodoo Machine yeah uh, they, they had guys that would eventually end up in Trigger Happy um, they got like publishing deals they got paid for writing their songs and you know you're lucky enough at a time to get a hundred bucks even fifty dollars out of somebody from the Elmer Con <coughs> or something but to let alone get twenty thousand dollars for just being a band and you, ha- and you get to buy new equipment so like you know the 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 music here in town is almost as old as the business so we we wanted to be a little more of a, a self-sufficient band we wanted to go on tour we figured toronto was not the place for us to stay so we uh got on the phone with a couple of our friends um mainly uh stefan egerton from the descendants uh, slash all was very kind to come up and record an album for us so we went into uh, we, when we were called kingpin we did an album called Disturbo. Um, it's, a, it's available on CD and cassette. You can find it on Discogs. Um, and so Stefan from The Descendants came up and recorded us. We learned a lot. I, uh, it was my second time singing on a record. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Still, s- still to this day, I can listen to the record, but still I'm like, man, I would do that better. I could do that better. I could do this better. But um, he taught us a lot. And then the most important thing he said to us was, uh, guys got to go on tour that's the only way that this music will get and especially back then there was no internet back then 
No. The internet was, the internet was called a self-addressed stamped envelope. Yeah. Like that's that's how you got things around. And, Tape trading. Uh, so uh, at the time, there was a, a woman named Amy Bird uh, in California that was booking uh, a lot of bands. Uh, 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 she had a thing called Clockwork Agency. And I really wish I could find her because we probably owe her about $150 because she was very kind enough to put us on a tour uh, like like just instantly because we were we were friends with Stefan. We recorded this record. Stefan was very kind to bring a, bring a cassette copy of our recording to this woman. He also brought it to Epitaph, which I thought was really weird, um, to Brett Gerwitz. And at the time in 1991, Brett Gerwitz was actually entertaining releasing it, which is a really, I always forget about that, to be honest with That's you. That's fucking wicked, um, too, though. But then, then within like within a, like three days of uh, Stefan giving that cassette to that woman, I, I got a phone call saying, "Hey, uh, I need a band to go on tour with Down by Law in Canada. Can you meet them in Petaluma, California, on this date?" And like talk about like out of the frying pan into the fire. Like we wanted to be professional musicians, but we got it overnight. So there, we somehow managed to figure out to get a van um, to find out who was. Who was willing to go that far still? See, that's another thing about bands. You can have mu- the greatest musician in the world. If you, don't know how, if you don't know how to be in a band, like you're fucked from day one. Well, yeah, you, so, you got to have the drive to do it too, right? Yeah, and you got to find the people. Like, like, like I can tell you right now, and I don't mean to go off topic. No, man, it's cool, man. I, I should have been kicked out of Trigger Happy a million times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark should have been kicked out of Trigger Happy a million times. Everybody in a band should have been kicked out of their band at least once for the way that they've acted. Yeah. Like, if, if you have a guy or a person in your band that they don't want to practice, kick them the fuck out the second time they say it. You yeah. got someone that doesn't want to play, someone that doesn't want to do this, someone that doesn't want to do that, and if they don't tell you why, kick yeah. them out of the fucking band. It's yeah. the only thing I can say right now, because <laughs> you will just, you will spend years contemplating a book of why didn't this fucking work. Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw it's it's true though too. It's like, um, fucking holy shit, Mister Martini just jumped fucking twelve feet. Um, fucking no, I'm silly because I'm sitting in the kitchen and he fucking just jumped off the ledge. Holy Christ! Um, oh, he's fine. Whatever, he's kind. Lands on his feet. Um, so then with uh, Trigger Happy, like you guys been going for a while now. Yeah, and, and then um, like the the kingpin thing was as we traveled around, we met every uh, every writer that we had read uh, in a fanzine. We yeah. met a lot of labels. We met uh, like other bands. Of course, we befriended so many other bands that have now become like legends, like dudes like in the fucking Foo Fighters and shit like that. So it, it's you know it, traveling is so crucial to not only does it help out your record label. Because, uh, you know, that's the only way you sell records. You can't play to the same hundred people all the time. You know, and, and that's the only, and it's the best thing ever. It's the most sweetest reward is to take your band to another town, you know, and you just blow people away with either where, where like, where you're from or, or what you're doing or what you look like. Like, it influences everything, man. It's, it's your breath down to your toes. It's wild. Yeah, I know it's. Um, I've uh, I've never had the chance to tour. I used to play music back in the day, but uh, I've never got to your fame, if you will. No, I would. Yeah, well, you know, that's we, everything we put into it is what we got out of it, and we didn't put enough in. We should have really, oh yeah, really focused on a lot. But see, that's the thing, though. We were like at the at back then. You, there wasn't really any proof of anything because <clears> people <throat> would just either talk shit or talk praise. 
right? Yeah. And it was, uh, so that, that's like, word of mouth was kind of good and bad back then. That's why sometimes the internet at least it'll clear things up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so we just, uh, we just toughed it out and toured, and then, um, we, we had a friend, uh, we had a, some friends in a band called Yet Another Posse. Okay. And they, uh, they got a, uh, they got a development deal with Raw Energy Records. And, uh, Raw Energy at the time had released King Apparatus and, uh, um, uh, I'm trying Random to think Killing. Of Random Killing, yeah. And some other, some other bands, um, and we, we needed a label. We had, uh, kind of, like, uh, messed around with an independent label called Epidemic. Yep. Uh, for a while, and then, um, we, like I said, tried to get something in the U.S., and, uh, I don't know what it was. We were we had the traveling. We had lots of experience. By that time, we had toured uh, the country with the Bad Brains. We yep. had toured twice with Down by Law. We had uh, you know played locally. We toured ourselves, and then it just uh, it just didn't seem to work out. And then at this time, Raw Energy Records was still um, still associated with A and M Records Canada, so it had major label distribution and major label opportunities. So in the wake of the uh, Green, uh, Green Day and Offspring um, popularity with Epitaph uh, around 93, 94. Um, Raw Energy decided to take a chance on us. They also took a chance on us because they noticed that um, I worked in the skateboarding and snowboarding industry at the time. And uh, a lot of the majority of our fans were skateboarders or snowboarders. Yeah. So they just dove into that culture and just went with it. Now, at the same time, that opened up a lot of doors for some younger bands like Five Knuckle Chuckle. Uh, it's funny to call them younger bands. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? Uh, Five Knuckle Chuckle, Maryland's Vitamins. Yeah, I'm uh, fucking, I've mentioned Maryland's Vitamins on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. I miss that fucking band. Even Jersey. Jersey, yeah. So, man. But at, at that time, when they were revving up and getting going, we were starting to get, entertain, uh, starting to get entertaining offers from uh, European labels. And, you yeah. know, like, uh, unfortunately, when you're in your 20s and you're in your band, you're not really thinking very, very clearly. Um, no. Especially, especially if you're entertaining like lots of chemicals and alcohol, um, you're not really thinking very clearly. You're, you're, you're just thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about the hard work that other people have put into your band and your career. So it's, it's, it's a sad, selfish experience that you have to do. So without even thinking about the hard work that Graham Boyce and Chris Black had put in for us, um, we just blindly went ahead and signed with this European label called Bad Taste Records. Okay. Uh, now they, they were the make of us. They were they released uh, stuff by the Satanic Surfers, Ten Foot Pole, all these great Swedish European hardcore bands. Um, and like, and we just wanted to get to Europe. We, you know, we had seen photos of Iron Maiden and Metallica were playing in Europe, and you know, it, it was it was the it was the dream. It was the, the place to go. And so we ended up just more or less playing uh, European uh, to European crowds mostly because um, after we stopped playing over here around like 97, 98, um, that's when it really kind of picked up. And we were so busy in Europe that um, the hardcore scene that we kind of were part of, it got so big over here, like with newer bands like uh, like Belvedere, yep. like Downway, um, uh, who else was there? Um, Choke. Yeah, I choked. Choked it. Uh, yeah. Um, Se- Sector Seven. Um, yeah. And then all those Montreal oh. bands like Men of Steel and Reset 
Well, yeah, the reset turned into a simple plan, right? Simple, simple plan. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, we... Uh, that reset I, album's fucking good, too. Which one? The reset album. Yeah, I see, see that. But that's the thing, though. By, by that time, there were so many bands, I couldn't really focus on, like, who was good or who was... I liked Lagwagon, and I liked Strung Out. Um, but I was more into, like, bands like Kid Dynamite and Lifetime. Oh, I love and, Kid Dynamite. And, uh, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, so when we started uh, like we so when we started touring more, unfortunately, you you lose members because you know touring isn't for everybody, and that's when you got to find the right guys to be in your band. So we we had a lot of uh, a lot of members go through. Like myself, I'm probably like I'm the only singer that the bands had when they probably could have had better singers or better uh, participants at the time. But, you know, Mark and I tried to stick it out. We had different drummers, we had different bass players, but around 96 is when we got a good, solid lineup. And, and things got pretty good, but then, um, you know, one night somebody's drinking and somebody says, hey, let's let's smoke some pot. And we're like, yeah, okay. And then somebody one night says, hey, let's, let's do some acid. Okay, sure, no problem. And then the next night somebody's like, okay, let's do some cocaine. Yeah, okay, no problem. And then the next night, okay, let's do some cocaine. And then the next night, okay, let's do some cocaine. And then the next morning, okay, let's do some cocaine. You see where I'm going with this? Yes, I hear you. And, uh, and so, uh, I work in, I work in the restaurant industry. It's well fluid in that industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet. And then, uh, you know, let's do some cocaine turns into, you know, what would work better if we cook this up. Yeah. Let's smoke some crack. Yeah. You know, and then, so, uh, it just, uh, it got too much and, you know, one of us got really, really bad with it where some of us could just walk away from it. But then other t- I noticed when we would get to practice, it would be just, you know, it was, okay, get to practice, bitch at each other for being late, and then start smoking drugs. And, and then maybe you'll practice. You know, yeah. it was just kind of weird. And then me personally, um, uh, like that bullshit of people saying, oh, I have an addictive personality. No, it just turns you into a moron. So I uh, just became a completely absorbed uh, I'm f- I'll be five years uh, clean on March 4th oh congratulations and uh, it's uh, yeah I, you know it becomes another person it becomes a relationship it's it's uh, someone you're dating it's someone you're married to and it gets in the way and it lies to you and it changes all of your perspective and uh, yeah and if you can handle it that's great but if uh, it'll absorb and destroy your band anything creative it'll just ruin it completely but uh like i said if it works for you it works for you but it didn't work for us and that's why unfortunately on that day of january 2000 um, i just couldn't take it anymore and i shut it down and then uh yeah we foolishly got back together in 2003 and that got even worse because we started doing more crack and more drugs yeah and we were had a whole european tour booked like the glory days just to go back and then uh Someone needed a uh, hundred bucks for some kind of bill, and then they noticed they could have access to the rest of the money that was in the account, and they decided to take it all for themselves. And then, uh, yeah, we had to break up uh, again. And then, um, sadly, our guitar player Mark um, died on October twenty third, two thousand thirteen, and uh, we tr- we tried to play again at that time. Yeah, uh, Mark. Uh, Mark died of heart re- heart related kind of stuff. Uh, brought aggravated by his lifestyle, sadly. Um, That's fair. And uh, we we tried to play again, and you know you'd think after something as traumatic as your friend dying from complications of that that you'd get a clue, 
But no, it, it, there was more drugs, there was more alcohol, and it was all perpetuated by me. So I, I basically wanted, I either wanted the band to kill me or I wanted to kill the band. Yeah. And, and so we had a half-assed version of it going called <laughs> All Mostly Trigger Happy. Yeah. We played Riot Fest. Uh, I got in trouble there. And then the, basically the guys were just sick of it. And then I was just sick of myself. So I said, look, we're not doing this anymore. And then uh, this really nice uh, guy named Dustin Campbell, who plays in a great band called Brutal Youth. Brutal Youth's fucking wigging. Uh, he came to me and said, look, uh, you got to get a better version of uh, Trigger Happy going. This, uh, you can't let it go out like that. You can't let it just be a, a fucking, you know, just a waste fest. So um, he was very kind to donate his time. We found a bass player, and we found uh, some great guitar players. Um, but unfortunately, uh, when we played for about five years under the name just uh, ATH, Almighty Trigger Happy, but those guys, we played when we could. Uh, we recorded. We recorded an SNFU cover, um, a song called Misfortune. Mm -hmm. That's available, available online anywhere. Um, and uh, we had planned to do a record, but unfortunately, um, uh, their bands, their other bands, uh, like Brutal Youth, and uh, we, I had, we ended up having two guys from Youth, Josh and uh, Dustin. So um, they got very busy. And then the other guitar player has a band as well. He got very busy. And so every time I wanted to do something trigger happy, um, I'd have to wait for them or that they would just do it. So I found out that there are a couple of guys that were actually in it in the 90s, like in the very early 90s, um, were available again. And so I just bit the bullet and I talked to the guys that were in it and I said look I'm sorry to do this to you but I'm going to move on with these other gentlemen and uh, I have my good friend uh, Jason King who was in the band in Jesus 1993 to about maybe 95 Yeah. Uh, crucial members these are guys all help write stuff and then uh, uh, we have um, uh, Phil Zeller who was uh, most famously known uh, for being in Toxic Holocaust mm -hmm. um he is a, a, an Oshawa legend. Um, he joined. He joined. These guys were all in the band at one time uh, in the '90s. Uh, Phil Zeller, his legend is he quit high school when he was 16 to jump in the band and join us on a tour in 1994, which is true. And it was. Uh, I've loved him ever since. Uh, and then a great guy named Mike Vandermeer plays guitar. He was in the band in the early 2000s. And then wrapping it up, we have Chris Kincaid who has just been a dear friend to all of us in the band. Uh, he played with Mark, uh, God rest his soul, in another band called The Taste. So everyone's got pretty serious pedigree and pretty serious, uh, there's, it's a good alumni of people. And uh, I'm very happy with it. We're gonna start playing again probably in, I think May. Uh, we're going to the studio. We're going to, uh, we're gonna record about 20 songs we have Fucking some new right, ones, dude. and we're gonna, we're gonna record. We have some new ones, and we're gonna re-record some trigger happy songs just to get publishing things straightened out. Because I just found out recently that, that we don't own a lot of our songs. Yeah, and, there you go. I, 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 did, I didn't know this. <laughs> so, the, the best way to get yeah, to get paid for stuff, and I want to get Mark's son paid. Yeah. Uh, so oh, fucking right. That, the best way to do that is just to re-record them. And, uh, yeah, uh, so hopefully, uh, well, I think the, the other labels that released our records originally, they've made enough money off of us, so I think it's time for us to do it now. So, well, that's the thing, too. Yeah, like... so, so Curse Blessings Records will be releasing a, a Trigger Happy recording uh, by the end of the year. Nice. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, and then, uh, and then you... yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm, 
I will. The, my final statement about Trigger Happy is, you know, we. It's when it sucked, it sucked, and when it ruled, it ruled, and we didn't work hard enough at the time. But I'm really happy to still have the energy and the interest to do it, and I'm, I'm forever grateful to anyone that brings it up, that wants to say nice things about it, even if they want to say something shitty about it. That's fine. I like uh, we need to learn and we need to know what's up. But at the same time, I'm just so grateful to be alive and to be able to do this still, and to actually have at least 15 people interested in it. <laughs> oh, Big Al, I think you have a lot more. Than 15 people, okay? Um, both myself and Jennifer have uh, seen you live a bunch of times, and it's refreshing, and it's amazing that you guys are going to be putting out new music. Um, I think I've been looking for new music from you guys for a long time. Um, but whatever. But it's happening, and I'm glad it's happening. Um, and you're a staple, in my opinion, of punk rock in Canada. That's um, very kind of you. Thank you. And, um, so, but the, uh, the record label, that's fucking cool too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, it, I, uh, it, it's been a great, uh, learning experience. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to, um, you know, the, uh, there's an expression that I throw around a lot and it's, uh, a person never realizes how much bad they're doing when they try to do good. Okay. Um, I've, uh. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy with the label. Uh, I, I was expecting a little more out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was expecting some of the bands to work a little harder. Yeah. Seeing that somebody had uh, come along and said, okay, we're going to put a record out for you guys. And we need you to go play to more than a hundred people. We need you to go travel, uh, the country at least, you know, to, uh, help spread the word. Yeah. And, um, Let's see. About five of them have done it. <laughs> Out of, we like we released twenty four records in three years. Yeah, you guys you know, released and, a lot. And it was uh, and and see the main thing was uh, because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I I didn't want certain. There were certain bands I didn't want to break up. And 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 I knew like bands bands usually run out of hope really quickly for some strange reason it's uh, this is this, this is just my experience i'm not saying these are facts yeah, yeah. but I, I could just notice i'm a virgo so i notice a lot of things and i just started to notice that okay well this is really going to quash and kill the momentum of a lot of bands so i put out the word okay i'm starting a label um you're who i want to deal with um but but this is what we've got to do to make this work yeah now Everybody's sure. All anybody hears is, "Oh, someone's going to put out a record for us," so they get all excited. I understand that. I'm, 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 I'm a musician myself. I've been, I've been part of the lie and part of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. So uh, my old man you know, used to say that all the time. I'm sorry. My old man used to say that all the time. <laughs> so when if somebody if a label comes to you and says, "This is what we're going to do." You should really, really figure out and find out what exactly it is they're going to do. Maybe I wasn't as transparent with some people as I should have been, mm -hmm. uh, and let them know this is what this is what is expected of you. Because I'm sure Fat Mike and Brett Gerwitz probably just didn't shrug their shoulders and go, "Oh well, it's no big deal that we you know put out 500 records of you and you've only sold 40." Yeah, I, I, and, you're, I, and, you're, I, and 
you're not going on tour. What do you mean you're not going on tour? Yeah, I can't see that. I can't see Fat Mike putting up with that bullshit. Maybe yeah. Brett would be a lot nicer, but Fatty, you, yeah. I think he would have but, a problem. Like, uh, there, there's a couple of bands that are sticking with us. So, mm-hmm. like I said, um, I uh, like some of my favorite releases are uh, like the Fully Crazed record. Yeah, uh, off the hook. That's that's my kind of world. Like I like skate thrash, kind of crossover, uh, like Wild Child, kind of like 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 I like early '80s hardcore. And it's uh, and those guys kind of fit the description as well as you know a little wild. I live vicariously through Fully Crazed. Yeah, uh, nowadays. Um, and Maldita are one of my most absolutely favorite bands. The uh, Spanish-speaking, female-fronted uh, uh, crust core DB band, whatever you want to call them. Those guys work. They tour. They have an international fan base. Yeah, I, I, I'm nothing but more than happy just to work with those guys constantly. Yeah, and uh, so I'm looking forward to hopefully another release from them. Uh, Random Killing have been one of my favorite bands in this city forever. Um, yeah, their yeah. record Bring Out Your Dead did really, really well. Um, this band uh, called Citizen Rage from uh, Calgary, Canada. I fucking Very love that band, working. dude. Yeah, really hardworking guys. I know yeah, I sent you about the cassettes. Uh, they, the only thing is, those guys just got to break out of Alberta. They, they did a tour across country, and I just need them to do another one across the way. Yeah. Um, I did some one-offs for people. Um, I did a one-off, an EP for a band called Mall Crimes, and uh, those guys are getting really popular. They're a very, very busy band. Yeah. Um, they, they're not... Uh, it, unfortunately, I had a guy working with me um, that you know really did a you know I'm, I'm no picnic sometimes but if I'm trying to help you uh, with your 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 life um, you know I, I deserve to be treated a little better I'm not talking about the bands I'm talking about the guy that I worked with Yeah. and uh, he really fucked me over uh, not only just financially but just really spiritually and stuff he led me to believe that a lot of the bands were c- complaining about stuff and just whining about stuff and when I would ask him to correct the things that they were complaining about after I would speak with them he wouldn't do it so unfortunately some of the relationships between myself and the band through this other person were kind of poisoned Mm -hmm. and I I really wish I could repair it you know it's really easy to shift the blame but it's the God's honest truth yeah man this piece of shit was fucking ruining the relationships between the band and myself by not doing what he was asked to do just his basic responsibilities that he was fucking paid for. And I, I know uh, if you know me, I'm sure pretty much everyone's sick of me complaining about this, so we'll just move on. No, it's fine. Um, the Holdouts, what a fantastic band. What an absolutely incredible band. Unfortunately, I made the deal with uh, Derek Gordon, uh, God rest his soul, the bass player that just passed away. And uh, when those guys wanted to do a new recording, I kind of was hoping that they would be a little more aggressive and busy about some things. But... Uh, they seem to have their own agenda, and uh, you know, what is it? You can't, you can't really help other people's dreams. They have to let, the, they have to dream it, you know, and then, then they'll, they'll ask for either guidance or help. And all, all I have is experience. I yeah. have two kinds of experience. I have what you shouldn't have done, what you should do, and kind of just like I'm just here to help. So, uh, uh, you know, I like I said earlier. You never really know what kind of bad you're doing when you're trying to do good. So yeah. the deal I made with Derek was one thing. The way that those guys have uh, gone on to do things is another. And we'll just have to leave it at that. That's... But they're a fantastic band. It's a great release. I love it. I'm so happy that we put it out. Yeah. Um, the, I know. Uh, I, I, 
Sorry, another band that's fucking wicked too on your label too, The Slime. Well, yeah, I was going to get to them. I was just yeah. going to talk about some other dudes first. Yeah, that's all good. Um, one of my favorite bands in Toronto is a band called Dragged In. It's, yeah, they're, uh, they're it's, fucking uh, wicked. It's Patty from Brutal Youth's other band. Yeah. Now, Dragged In, Dragged In are more my style of music. I like weird uh, late 80s kind of uh, flaggish kind of blast kind of hardcore, like where it gets kind of really weird tones and and those guys and if you've seen Dragged In Patty is like the most dynamic front person like the guy is incredible to watch um, so that's that's a record that unfortunately that was our first full length and uh, I wish those guys were just a little busier but um, yeah. if you ever get to be Dragged In nothing will be the same after you see them so I'm hoping that that kind of picks up um, uh, the native uh, indigenous people's band uh, No More Moments yeah they're uh, fucking Calgary. wicked dude I had um, they're in another band called uh, Iron Tusk uh, yeah, Carlin has that other band. But, yeah. Um, no More Moments has just gone through uh, a lineup change. Oh, so, no. Uh, so they've got a female singer now. And, okay. Uh, a new a new guitar player. And uh, Carlin, uh, Black Rabbit, is the leader of the band. Um, he's had a really interesting life. And um, those guys have opened my eyes up to a lot of... Uh, a lot of situations in Canada and just in general they're very very wonderful people so I'm looking forward to a new release with them uh, and then um, we had Russ Rankin did a, a record in the 7 inch for us Russ is the singer for uh, Good Riddance mm-hmm. a great band that uh, Trigger Happy has been closely associated with we used to tour with those guys in the 90s mm-hmm. um, and when I was a teenager two of my favorite bands uh, in Toronto were two heavy metal bands called Sacrifice and another one called Slaughter and uh two concerts that I went to as a kid we decided to we got the the rights to releasing them uh, so we pressed a, a, a sacrifice concert from 1986 excuse me 85 and a slaughter concert from 1985 we just made actually they were our best sellers they sold out of 500 copies I couldn't believe it no oh, that's fucking uh, crazy yeah and then um, uh, another band I was talking about earlier called Personality Crisis yeah, uh, their guitar their guitar player Richard Dugay, uh, I've been a big fan of his. He came to me and said, "Al, I have this record. I listened to it. I loved it. Um, it's not a huge seller for us. It's a more of a, a required taste. Or if anything, the audience has become more select mm-hmm. as the years go on. Yeah, um, but it's a great rock and roll record called Beautiful Decline. Um, and then my uh, absolute favorite band from Toronto. They're called the Slime. Yeah, they are the most terrifying, most dangerous most adorable thing I've ever seen yeah um, you know CD on the bass uh, if you haven't seen the slime hurry up because yeah, they are I'm... probably one of the most exciting bands in town um, it's like for it's like really good serious poison idea if you if you know you're hardcore you'll love it yeah. if you've never seen anything like the slime before you will absolutely become a fan immediately they're, they're... probably one of the most expressive most amazing bands I've ever seen uh, we're doing another record with them uh, their their record sold well, but like every band, they have to go out and play. They they were very uh, they were very lucky to went and played Alberta mm-hmm. a couple of times. And I'm I'm trying to book a Trigger Happy tour okay. uh, for Us and the Slime uh, coming up. So uh, hopefully, if anybody any promoters out there are listening or want us to give us a shot, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I can't get enough of those guys. They have a song called Russian Roulette that they didn't record for their for the Living on Borrowed Slime record, but it's on the new album and it's my absolute favorite song. Of their of theirs, and then we have uh, last but not least. I'm probably not just supposed to say this, but we're doing the brand new Sacrifice record uh, oh, right nice. now for North America. Um, it's their first record in a very long time. I think from about maybe let me see, 
here. We, we just did a, uh, yeah, 2009 was the last time their full, uh, last full length was out. And we did a 12 inch single for them last year called uh, World War V. And then we did also, like I was just mentioning earlier, that live record of theirs before. So Sacrifice has been, is a band that I've been into since I was 15 years of age. Um, yeah, just being a local heavy metal and punk rock fan. Yeah. And you know, you know what's funny, dude? Like, when I, before I started talking about the label, I was kind of bummed about it. Now that I'm talking to you about it and I'm looking at the shit, I'm like, I'm really stoked. This is actually really good. Uh, no, man. That, your label's fucking wicked. For, sorry? Your label's fucking wicked, dude. And that's the thing, too. Regardless of whatever happens in the past, you always look towards the future. But you got a lot of fucking amazing bands and all... All the bands yeah. are fucking yeah, like, rad. We were lucky. We, we got to do a 7-inch for Modern Terror. Yep. Uh, another one for Russ Rankin, the Filthy Radicals. Great, great band. Uh, the Black Halo has been one of my favorite bands for about 20 years. Choices Made are a great band from Toronto that, uh, you know, had so much potential. They just want to stay local. I don't know why. Whatever. That's their opinion. Or that's their, their situation, my opinion. Yep. Uh, and then one of my other favorite bands is a great band called Seized Up. They are, it's Chuck from Good Riddance. Uh, mm-hmm. And Clifford from Blast, uh, Andy from the Distillers, and Danny from a band called the Nerve Agents. And this oh, is I love the Nerve Agents. Yeah, if you're into hardcore, like LA, like California hardcore, like the good stuff, you should pick up this Seized Up EP. This is a fucking heavy, heavy stuff. Probably, I'm probably going to repress that. Probably going to be repressing the Mall Crimes once yep. things get a little more rolling with the Sacrifice record. And uh, the Trigger Happy, there's going to be a new record, like I said earlier, this year. And uh, I'm probably going to get into some more cassette releases, because we just released a cassette for a great band called The Cola Head. Yeah, that's a fucking and, wicked uh, album too, man. And we did a, a comedy cassette by uh, my good friend named Gabe Corey. Uh, it's, a, it's a really funny recording. But yeah, we're probably going to get into some CDs and some cassette only. It's like, like there's... Uh, there's a lot of, like, you know, it's all culture. And that, that's the thing that I find so interesting is that you know, nobody's asked for an eight track yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need to. It's like, I was talking to, I was talking to another band about this and uh, it's weird because it's not weird, but um, Spotify and Apple Music, whatever, like you don't get the physical copyright. Um, yeah. And then was it last week or the week before HMVs reopening? And I'm like, I was talking about, I'm like, it's going to come back because people want that in their hand. And they want to read the liner yeah. notes and they want to read the fucking lyrics and stuff like that, right? Yeah. No, it's it's you know, like I, I'm I'm a child of vinyl myself. Like I, my dad used to stack records on the. Uh, it's my dad's birthday today. He would have been 79. Oh. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, like this, the, I have my Kiss records from when I was a kid. There is there there is an investment with regards to vinyl. It's it's like a you know just putting it away, taking it out, holding it in your hand. It's it, you know there's just something really romantic about it. It's, I don't know what it is. Yeah, and so. that's the thing is like I've had like uh, I'm on my third record collection. I've lost two. Yeah. <laughs> um, because of move. So right now what I'm doing is just like buying all my favorite albums. Like before I used to buy the bands. You know what I mean? Like buy all the bands uh, records, but now I'm just buying my my favorites uh, uh, records right now. But um, yeah, I, I, after I quit drinking and drugs, the the money that I all of a sudden had out of nowhere, I replenished all the records that I uh, had traded for drugs because I had like all old, old original pressings of like Metallica and Slayer and stuff. And uh, around around the mid 2000s is when that stuff started. 
picking up again, and there was people that would gladly trade an eight ball for yeah. an exciter record. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Is like I even heard that Carrie King from Slayer's got a solo project coming out soon too. I just came out yesterday. It's, what? Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's got Mark from Death Angel singing on it. It's, Fuck uh, you! What's it called? Um, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's, it's just type Kerry King into any of the music platforms. Fucking, I'm off all day. That just fucking made my goddamn day. Good work. Yeah, we were we were talking about it with uh, with uh, Machine Head. I work for a, a concert company, so I'm very lucky that uh, I get to see some bands that I I want to see, and there's bands that I've never heard of that I end up becoming fans of. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, so we were discussing the new Kerry King song with the guys from Machine Head a couple of days. What's ago. it called? Idols. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, we're. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to that today. Um, yeah. What's your favorite Kiss album? Um, that's funny. We were just discussing that with someone. Uh, I love the first album. Yeah, uh, me too. Because it's it's their most it's cool. it's their most uh, honest record. It's got the Beatles on there. It's got the Kinks. It's got them. Uh, I just think it, that song, uh, "Let Me Know," I think is just so amazing. And then, uh, like every record of theirs, I just end up going back to the first one. But yeah. Then again, any any band I listen to, if I if I hear the influence that they have, I'll just go back and listen to that. Yeah. And not not like oh fuck this, I'll just go listen to that. I just find myself going back to. I, I'm enjoying these uh, Cavalera re-recordings. Uh, how the the Cavalera brothers went and re-recorded the first two Sepultura records. Yeah. Like that's that just sounds amazing to me. Uh, like I just think it's, it's rad. But um, no, I I love uh, I even like the Kiss uh, acoustic record, like the Unplugged. I think that record really. Is rad. Eh? Look at you go. Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't really uh, like Psycho Circus. I couldn't really give a shit about. I went to see them. The the guys in Choices Made were very kind and got me a uh, a couple of years ago got me a ticket to go see them on one of the many final tours. Uh, and then I, I didn't get to see them in Toronto. I, I couldn't get in, but uh, a friend of mine got me a, a working pass from their actual very cause, well. The show in Toronto was canceled, obviously. Yeah. But uh, a friend of mine was very cool and got me a working pass of their actual very last show in Canada, and uh, so it was the show in Quebec City. So you know, I'm a Kiss collector. I have some Kiss stuff here, but yeah, it's I just I I like bands that my favorite bands are like Kiss, Venom. Uh, Merciful Fate, uh, Black Flag. Yeah, uh, you know, like bands that just change culture. You know, it's like it, it, they didn't just change your ears; they changed the way you look, they changed the way you did things. You know, and uh, like I just love that kind of impact on things, like the Sex Pistols, like all those, yeah, all those kind of historical bands have always been my favorite. And then like little subtle things, like I've, I've just, I've only just started listening. To, uh, I'm 54, so I've only really started just listening to. Uh, jazz and other kind of things. Yeah, man. Um, I, I have more of a, a, a theoretical kind of uh, uh, interest in a lot of that stuff. I don't really know it sonically. Mm-hmm. So I've read. I've read. If I read a book about a band, I'll end up buying the records just because I know the stories now. And yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but when you listen to a famous song, mm-hmm. I, I don't just hear it. I, I know the stories about it and stuff. Depending on who it is, of course, but. Uh, no, that music is endless, dude. And like, as you can hear, I'm just won't shut up about it. No, it's good. Man. I'm the same way too. Like, my, I was I work as a chef. Like, I've been a chef for probably about 27 years now. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> um, I, I used to be a cold side, uh, almost uh, not a sous, but I was cold side. 
Oh, like a chef to party. On a line cook. Yeah. And it was uh, it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been doing it for a long time, and like my first love was music. So I started this podcast, Jennifer. Like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, if anyone that knows me, I love pro wrestling. Um, I <laughs> all you Orangeville guys do. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking nuts, eh? No, that's what I mean. Like that five knuckle show that happened in Orangeville. Like that's what we were fucking talking about was fucking WrestleMania too. Um. <laughs> So what I do, like, instead of watching three hours of Monday Night Raw, I'll catch up with it on social media, and then I'll listen to a podcast about the show yeah. of what happened, because I can't find the time to watch three hours of wrestling, and when yeah, half of it's fucking ads, like, when Raw was, like, an hour long, it was a good show, it's three hours, that's full of ads, and it's like, what the fuck? Anyways, uh, long story short, so I did that, and Jennifer and I got together, and then one Christmas, she bought me a, a boom mic and, like, a podcast sort of, like, home setup, and then um, I started off with one of my chef buddies, and then started talking to Spencer from Truce. They were, like, a rock band from, uh, rock, punk rock band, whatever, out in New Brunswick, and then I had Corey on from Five Knuckle. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this into a different direction to my first love and to listen to everyone's stories that I've been listening to for a very long time. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to do one myself. I, I, I know what you feel. I, uh, I bought myself a boom mic. I bought myself like the whole setup, but then I just got busy with the label and I wasn't able to do it. Like we were going to do a thing called Curse Blessings Radio where we were going to have like two podcasts a month and just showcase bands. I'd let the bands talk, let them just be morons and silly. Fuck, but, I can do uh, that yeah, for you. Maybe I can do Maybe I'll do it eventually, but we'll see what happens. Oh, I can do that for you if you want. Fuck. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, whatever, man. It's all good. But <laughs> um, it was it was a pleasure having you on. Um, I know it's been uh, quite uh, your my schedule and your schedule don't really match up. Yeah. So it's been trying to get this going for a long time. But uh, it was yeah, honestly... A pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure I will see you at some sort of show, either if you're playing or watching it. So, right on. Thank um, you very much for having me. Everybody. Yeah, man, it's great. We've been talking for 46 minutes and seven seconds. So, Mr. Yeah. Al Nolan, thank you very much. Buy a fucking record. Talk there you me. go. Buy a fucking record. That's it.